hello and a welcome, a welcome to the Dr. Lake Show. This is uh, Dr. Paula Lake. Uh, one other day here to do another podcast. Um, really looking forward to our show today. Um, before uh, we get started, I want to do my introductions uh, today. I have a, a previous guest, Jenny Gosen here, a retired nurse. And we're going to talk about a really relevant topic on burnout, which I have a feeling, Jenny, you have some things to talk about in that department. Do you not? I do. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I retired from nursing due to burnout. And so, yeah, I this is a, a topic that's near and dear to my heart. And I've got a lot of experience with this. So, yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to talk about this. Well, because yeah. it's. It's a it's a thing that nurses aren't aren't really allowed to talk about, and yeah. um, it's a taboo, and yeah. so we don't, and uh, it needs to be talked about. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I think you know these are experiences that uh, are very visceral and and happen, but without actually acknowledging it and focusing on it, it kind of goes under the radar, but it does show up in other ways, right? In terms of illness and time off and, and those types of issues. Um, and I also want to um, acknowledge that my wonderful uh, produce, co-producer here, Dylan, is is present with us as well. Hi, Dylan. Oh, I can't hear Dylan. Dylan, <laughs> okay, he is with us. Um, whether you can hear him or not uh, is is um, does not deny the fact that he's present. So I may be getting some uh, communication from him in different means. So I guess for now, until Dylan is uh, audible, it's you and I, Jenny. Okay, all right. Well, we've done this before. <laughs> we we have done this before. So. Um, you know, I I wonder if you could just talk about some of the experiences right now. I in watching the news, uh, there's been a lot more conversation about burnout, um, or at the very least, the experiences nurses are having. Um, I can't even imagine what it's like for them right now. Let alone the fact that I always thought that the system was taxed before COVID, and then you add COVID, it's like a whole other experience. Um, what thoughts do you have about that, Jenny? Uh, you know, um, other than being incredibly grateful that I retired a year ago before this basically all hit, um, yeah, I, I can't imagine uh, the pressure cooker that the hospitals are. I haven't been in hospital nursing for a long time. I've been um, occupational health on, on uh, job sites and then flight nursing and outpost nursing in the Arctic. And, and so it's been different. I mean, certainly stressful, very intense. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, it's taken its toll on me. Uh, but what the hospitals must be like now is absolutely, uh, to say it's a pressure cooker and that it is absolutely not sustainable. And mm -hmm. anybody who thinks that nurses, you know, have wings on their back and halos on their head and that we are, you know, these special people that can go on forever because we somehow get, you know, special dispensation from somewhere in the universe and we can just continue on regardless of what happens and that we have unlimited resources. That is absolute garbage. It's always been garbage. But we better be getting a very clear picture of what our first-line responders are absolutely the toll that it's taking because we will not have anybody yeah. there anymore because there aren't unlimited resources. And so yeah. 
The job is incredibly difficult, has always been difficult. Mm -hmm. And this last, I would say, decade and a half, the last 10, 15 years, what's happened to nursing is absolutely atrocious. The profession is completely different. And now with the stressors of COVID, this is absolutely not sustainable. And, And those people that are going to work every day are absolute heroes and heroes don't wear capes and they don't have wings on their back and they don't have unlimited resources. This is a crisis and we need to pay attention. Mm I, I agree. <clears throat> and to be, I, I've always actually, because I have worked with um, some nurses experiencing burnout, um, and I've, I've seen um, some pretty, it can, when, when we go into a, a complete burnout exhaustion, and the more severe case, I remember meeting someone who she described herself as having an adrenal burnout, she literally, all the energy was sucked out of her body. It's um, and anything became a challenge from getting up into the in the morning, um, uh-huh. to to even thinking about going to work. It was um, not something that was even feasible for her. And I think what's hard is um, even if you're younger and you have a lot of energy, uh, you know, you can still burn out all that energy that you've got in you, and and um, and find yourself in a in a state of burnout over time, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it isn't just, you know, us older nurses who burn out, it, you know, the system is so difficult to work in and the demands are so difficult and there's nowhere. Our association is not helpful at all. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere to go. You know, yeah. there's no resources because to say that you're burning out, no, 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 you're supposed to be this, you know, heavenly being. Mm-hmm. that never loses her temper, that never gets tired, that will always go the extra mile because that's what nurses are and that's what nurses do. And nobody, including our profession, our association, and most nurses many times will not absolutely say, you know what, this um, this isn't okay. Mm-hmm. We're not like that. We aren't these, <clears throat> you know, heavenly beings we are human beings and our resources are gone Mm -hmm. and it is happening to young nurses and we have pushed and the system is just so unsustainable nursing as it is today is so unsustainable that we're burning out Mm -hmm. nurses that should have many many years Mm -hmm. to go but absolutely not because there finally are only so and so many resources that a person has you only have so and so much emotional energy right and when the system and um people have sucked it out of you and you do not replace it Mm -hmm. and you're not allowed to replace it and you're not allowed to talk about these things because after all that nurse doesn't burn out because we're just these heavenly beings and there's always another patient and there's always another family and there's always another need and the bells keep ringing and it just goes on and on and on and then when you say you know what i have to take some time off oh no 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 if you were a real dedicated nurse then don't you understand that you need to work overtime and don't Mm -hmm. you understand that you should be here every day Mm -hmm. because really that's what being a nurse is all about and when you say no i'm going to make myself priority Mm -hmm. there is enormous pushback Mm -hmm. to that well it's funny 
<clears throat> sorry, I was doing some reading on, on uh, you know, burnout, of course, and, you know, being the topic that it is right now, very relevant. Um, one psychologist, um, her name is uh, Emily Nagoski. Now, she took a very, let's say, perhaps a focus on women, um, but one of the terms she used is, and I, I thought that was an interesting term, the human giver syndrome, human giver syndrome. Uh, sort of based on that idea that you know there are uh, you know if we look in 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 the past if we uh, the roles of men and women and she does differentiate the different expectations um but that women are generally oriented to to um to be giving oriented to nurturing the environment so we already have that as a baseline and um, I think right now, because of COVID and, and nursing, it's especially a relevant topic. Um, but I also want to point out that we have a general cultural attitude in in our culture that, um, that we, yes, we have lots of resources to try and teach people how to cope and how to cope and how to manage. But on a more broader cultural perspective, um, we you know, in, in terms of businesses and their acknowledgement of, uh, you're talking about nursing, we have lots of first responders that burn out. Um, uh, I, I know a lot of medical physicians burn out. Um, certainly, burnout can happen across populations. I was doing um, some look uh, in the Gallup uh, polls uh, research. Um, these are some of the statistics I found. We're having in the UK, there's up to 57% of people that will describe burnout, uh, 50% of the United States, I don't have right now anything in Canada, 37% in Spain, 37% in Germany. So, you know... Those are huge numbers. Those are huge Huge. numbers. Um, In 2019, the World Health Organization declared burnout an occupational phenomenon in its global standards for diagnostic health info through uh, the International Classification of Diseases. So, you know, I think it's the, the palpable consequences of, of having, let's say, uh, the, with the emphasis on productivity. And I, and I do think economy plays into it because as um, 2008, I know there, there was a shift when, with the economic collapse that um, uh, fewer people were being pressured to do the job let's say, of several people, because um, through economizing, we put a lot of those demands on the individual to uh, to Absolutely. fill yeah. up the roles of, of a lot. And I think in the health industry, certainly with nurses, that became an issue. Did, it, did you not notice that, Jenny, through the course of your work? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, when I started nursing, you know, um, well, I, I graduated 33 years ago. And um, what was considered staffing, normal, healthy, safe staffing, is now a complete, completely different picture. Mm -hmm. Now, and the acuity has only gotten worse. Patients are sicker than they've ever been. So I was on general floor for um, a first year, and then I went into critical care. That's Mm -hmm. really um, what interests me, and I spent my my career in critical care, very intense jobs. Mm And enjoyed it. It was great, but it took its toll. But the acuity of the patients that are on general population, just on general med floors now, 
they are way, way sicker than a patient that was on a med surge floor when I graduated nursing. So when you had five patients, you know, and an LPN to help you, that was completely manageable. And we could give out our meds in a timely fashion. We got to know our patients. We actually did care. We did proper dressing changes. We did back rubs. We actually cared for our patients and actually understood when they were having trouble and we could really assess them and we, because we got to know them well enough. There's no <clears throat> such thing now. <clears throat> There's no such thing. <clears throat> Nobody's doing assessments. You don't have time. You don't have time. So these hugely hugely sick people are on the floors because the ICUs are full, emergency full. There's nowhere for them to go. They have to stay out on the floor. Yeah. But you don't have the staffing. So there isn't the um, RN, LPN, and carried. There might be one, maybe one RN. There's a lot more LPNs, and now there's carried. And everybody is just going flat out. Nobody's assessing. Nobody's watching. there just isn't time and now you put covid on top of an incredibly stressed system oh this isn't manageable this isn't sustainable at all well you know i even wonder like because there's i think there's a personality i mean of course there are individual differences between people but people that go into nursing um would i would imagine have already have that general tendency and and from my observations at the very least when i'm working with uh, nurses um, uh, that um, you know they 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 go into the profession with already a predisposition to putting themselves in the back burner you know so uh, you know the caregivers uh, often can get in the position of giving until they have nothing left to give and and I you know I don't know if you've noticed it as a a bit of a personality trait with nurses as well that that desire to give and and really have a hard time even thinking about putting time in for themselves because you're always under demand and there's always an expectation so it's it must be so hard to say no when there's an actual need there and now when we're talking life and death with covid um, i would imagine it's escalated that Oh, it's, it's absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how do you say no? You know, yeah. Uh, yeah it, it, sure. We there's a certain personality. Uh, it is a giving, nurturing personality that goes into these professions. Mm-hmm. You're hoping because other than that, what are you doing in this profession? Yeah. And so, absolutely. Uh, and when there's just need upon need upon need. I mean, when I was flying, medevacing, it was bronchitis season one year up up in the Arctic, and I just had the plane load just cramped with yeah. kids. And I thought, wow, you know, I really shouldn't be taking all these kids. Yeah. And, but who do you leave behind? You know, my pilots were going to X out, yeah. time out. And this was the last flight. And these kids were so sick. Who do you leave behind? I, yeah. I, I, I didn't leave anybody behind. I piled them all in and we all, we all went down to yell and I said, oh, who, what child am I leaving behind? that night and i knew no no plane was coming to get them 
right? That's a big so, burden, burden to carry, right? Because it's, any... It's a huge, you know, it's huge responsibility. Yeah, it's huge yeah. burden. And when you are on the floor, like those girls, well, I shouldn't just say girls, but people, men, women who are doing these jobs and are doing it because they care. Mm-hmm. And you go home every day from the hospital knowing you have not done your best because there simply wasn't time. Yeah. There wasn't resources. When you go home every day feeling, yeah. oh, man, you know, I, I, that, that I know I didn't it. do mm. everything I wanted to do today for those people. Right. Needs, actual needs were not met because I simply didn't have time and resources. That is a huge factor in, in uh, hospital burnout. Huge It's a huge factor. factor. Huge factor. And, and you know, uh, I'm going to um, talk about just to bring up a couple of um, points of what they found uh, that contribute, things that contribute, at least in the workplace, to burnout. I don't want to make it sound like work is the only place we can burn out. <laughs> we can burn out in many different arenas in our life, um, you know, by uh, too many demands over time. But it, there are certainly certain professions that uh, have been identified as having a greater likelihood of burnout. Um, which I always think is interesting. But these are some things they found that contribute. And I've, I've definitely seen this in my practice uh, uh, with many of the clients that I've, I've encountered. Um, unfair treatment at work. Uh, I've certainly seen when people, when they're, you know, feeling there's uh, mistreatment or, uh, you know, bullying or uh, even inconsistent uh, uh, compensation. Those are, those are different factors that go into it an unmanageable workload, which is what you're referring to. Um, uh, You know, basically your confidence erodes over time because no amount of giving is enough to feel that it's enough. And I think it's living in this constant place where at the end of the day, we all want to finish the day feeling that we accomplished something and that we finished the majority of what was important to do um, but it's that chronic feeling that you didn't do enough over the course of time that 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 you're never able to live up to the standards that have been put in front of you. Um, the other um, contributor that they found in, in the workplace as far as uh, burnout is uh, unclear communication from managers, um, uh, inconsistencies and leaving employees to try to figure out what the expectations are. So not really n- being clear about the benchmarks for success, um, right. and especially the poorer the communication, the more uh, those kind of confusions can can surface for the employees and, and really, again, creating that feeling internally that, okay, it doesn't even, I don't even know what is expected of me. And yet what I do never seems to be hitting the mark. Um, And the other part is, which you had referred to is the lack of, let's say, manager support, Um, even compassion, even an understanding. And I think one thing that can be really hard is feeling that somehow it's, if you're not able to meet that benchmark, that the failure is yours, (laughs) And it's not a failure yeah, yeah. on a broader scale, um, that the failure could be the failure of the system where we're not really 
providing adequate resources for people to be able to take care of themselves while they're doing their job and perhaps not even an acknowledgement of that, which I think is what you're referring to, is it not? Absolutely. I mean, you've just hit um, so many things, you know, on the head and, Mm -hmm. and I, and, and my colleagues, I know take it personally that it's a personal failure and, um, and we do, we, we consider it a personal failure. And so um, when you're in an unsustainable and there is no, uh, and there is a lot of unspoken finger pointing from administration, from our own association, mm-hmm. um, other nurses, you mm-hmm. know, um, that absolutely, it, there's this unspoken, you know, law, and it yeah. is your fault. How come? How come you can't uh, function in this? Because really, mm-hmm. if you were that good of a nurse, you should be able to do this. And we take that to heart. Uh, and it is very very toxic and corrosive to um you know to the inside heart that we carry it's it is very toxic well it creates a, a certainly an atmosphere for people to feel some shame um and feel that somehow it's their failing and i've certainly known in in my practice that some of the things that need to be unwrapped for them is rebuilding a sense that uh it's not a personal failing um, you know, sometimes the backdrop of it can be uh, there's nurses I know that are, aren't even just caretaking um, in the hospital setting or in their work setting, but they're also end up doing caretaking within their own home environment. So it right. becomes this right. ever flowing, um, uh, you know, releasing of all that um, every ounce of energy that exists is, is depleted um, by the course of a day. Um, and and one thing I, I'd like people to understand is where when we're not talking about a day of stress, life, we can't avoid stress in life. Um, we're talking about a chronic state. And when we get stuck in a chronic state um, and we feel we can't escape it, it's the long-term uh, constant pressure in these con- contexts that will eventually deplete you of the resources, the internal resources to be able to function. And here's one thing I want, I I pulled this out of um, uh, The Body Says No. I don't know if you would actually listen to that, um, which gives a little bit of a description of what happens to our body when we're under chronic stress. So what happens in our body? There's electrical uh, changes, chemical and hormonal discharges that happen with the nervous system. So our body's equipped to handle a certain amount of it. When we uh, become aware of a threat, which a threat could be, as you were talking, Ginny, um, you're not going to leave one child behind, right? And the threat was that you would leave a child behind. Those kind of expectations we put on ourselves are those very high standards, maybe unreasonably unrealistic standards even, uh, create a threat in, internally because there is a sense of urgency that you need to meet demands that may be not reasonable. That triggers some operations in the brain, it triggers the hypothalamus, um, which is essentially in the brainstem. This releases a hormone called CARH. This hormone travels to the pituitary gland 
at the base of your skull, which then releases another hormone called ACTH. Blood carries ACTH to the adrenals, located in the fatty tissue in the kidney. Adrenals secrete cortisol, which acts on almost every tissue and organs, and then the immune system is suppressed. Uh, as, as so as every time we're stressed and in that fight or flight mode, you have the blood that diverts away from your organs um, to your muscles, and it, it, it keeps you in that place of of, of con- chronic hyperarousal, and our body can't take it for that long, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely not. No, body cannot take it, and uh, and if the longer we are in that state. Um, the more the consequences uh, right now when they look at the effect on work, 63% are more likely to take a sick day uh, when they are experiencing burnout. They're half as likely to discuss an approach to performance goals with their manager, so they might even shut down. 23% are likely to visit the emergency room and 2.5, 2.6 times uh, as likely to leave their current employer. 13% end up uh, losing confidence in themselves. And I think it can be a huge blow to self-esteem. Those things you connect well, absolutely. with. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it does It, you know, and you, I have to say you are the first person who has actually <clears throat> said in clear words that burnout robs you of your confidence. Mm-hmm. And it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And um, it is just this push, push, push. And when you can't keep up, then the system throws you away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I used to be this really sharp professional. And now I've been thrown away. Yeah. That, you know, there's a whole, um, a whole part to that as well. And so well, it when aff- it affects, reach, yeah, sorry, Go it ahead. does, it, it affects everything. And so it's, it's kind of an all encompassing and it we just an, don't realize yeah. what stress, like you've just, you've just explained, you know, the, the global mm-hmm. effect that stress has on mind, body and soul It does, and yeah. burnout does as well. Yeah. And there is no part of your life that does not get affected. And we need to realize that. And especially now, I mean, yes, first responders have, you know, have had burnout and and, um, we're, I suppose, talking about it to some degree, but we better get ourselves organized and prepared for the amount of burnout that we're going to have from hospital workers and frontline workers with this COVID. We need to get very serious about this and realize that, yes, in fact, this is happening, and we need to be able to have resources for these people when they absolutely, totally collapse. Well, there needs to... It needs to be addressed. I mean, I think uh, I've always personally wanted... You know, it's the valuing of self. I think what ends up happening is... Um, in the saving, it's like trying to save uh, someone that's drowning in water and you get pulled under. Um, and, yeah. and for me, that is um, that really kind of is a, an example or a, a metaphor for how we uh, look at self. We, 
you know, self kind of gets obliterated in the course of trying to help. And I think it's wonderful that we're putting ourselves out there to help others. But in the neglecting of that person that within you, which is self, um, you may end up finding yourself in that place. I, I know for myself, I've had some periods of burnout um, partly in my profession um, and had to really take a step back and say, what do I need to do to feed to feed the, this? Uh, let's say uh, I've, I've loved the emotional bank account metaphor. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that one, but uh, mm-hmm. that yeah. the deposits, imagine emotional bank account, the deposits are the the elements that you need that give you life and vibrancy and and energy and energy is we 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 t- sort of take it for granted we assume energy is infinite energy is not uh-huh. infinite so we need nope. to think about what deposits can we put in that bank account that are going to refill what has been emptied in our withdrawals. So everything you give is a withdrawal. All that depletes you of energy is a withdrawal from your bank account. And if your withdrawals, and this is a fact, if the withdrawals continue to out, um, you know, be much larger than the deposits, if you're taking out vast amounts of withdrawals, what happens over time is you end up bankrupt. And and yeah. that is exactly the process. And it's an insidious process. Um, I know times I've had tons of energy, and which is amazing to have tons of energy, but I used up every drop of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, so absolutely. you know, we don't have to use every drop, every drop that we have. Um, I think it, it has to start from us individually recognizing it and also as a culture recognizing it, because only in the culture recognizing it can they support it for the individual employee, which would be nursing or any other industry that is um, uh, has a likelihood of, of, of experiencing some kind of burnout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it was just very interesting in, in some of the therapy that I've done and, and some of the workbooks, and um, trying to, uh, you know, go through this, this burnout. And um, they were just saying, you know, there we all have, we function in a green green area, which is good and healthy. Mm-hmm. Then there's the, the, the yellow warning sign. Yes. Okay. And then red. Yeah. And part of the exercise was to name and, and be very specific about what are your green areas, what are your your yellow areas and, and what are your red areas and I had functioned in red for so many years that I had no idea mm-hmm. I had no idea what my you know yellow areas I mean oh what are, what are the things that I know that I'm starting to you know get a, li- a, a little stressed or a little you know when I'm starting to get unhealthy well, so I don't were, know. Were, I was in I red ask, for so many years I don't know were you aware that you were in red at the time you were no. in red okay no so absolutely not. And why not do you think all. why do you think you weren't aware of it at that time? Because for so many years and I did enjoy the intense. I had a I've had a very intense career. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. And there's a mystique that goes along with being able to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And when we were in ICU, we were the cream of the crop in the hospital. 
Mm-hmm. And everybody wanted the six patients. You mm-hmm. wanted to do, you wanted to be known as the nurse oh. that could take on the sickest patients. So there was a status symbol to, to taking betcha. on. Yeah. Wow. It's huge status. Wow. wow. And I enjoyed the adrenaline. Yeah. I don't enjoy colds and flus and, you know, yeah. Yeah. hangnails. I don't enjoy yeah. that kind of work. Yeah. I do enjoy and I gravitate to the intense work. Yeah. And I always have done that. Yeah. And it just became a lifestyle. Yeah. And this intense career, absolutely, I allowed it to take over my life yeah. and was in the red for so long that that was my normal mm. until all of a sudden, wow, things aren't working all that well anymore. Wow. Well, what the heck? And I had this big, it took a while because I kept pushing, 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 pushing because this is my normal. This is what has worked for me for so long. And we need to just slow down and and give ourselves permission to say, this no longer works for me and I need to figure out why. And I didn't. And I pushed until, you know, I had a big collapse. Well, and that's where I think it's so important for that to be uh, this to be a point of conversation that also happens more in the workplace. Um, uh, You know, one of the things they've really uh, talked about is the importance that we need to educate managers and employers about burnout and that there becomes a space, you know, remembering that it's in their best interest because longevity I remember someone I was talking to and we were talking uh, about um, certain issues around, you know, healthcare and, and, and dealing with seniors. And one thing she would always say, remember um, that it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And, and when we're in a marathon, a marathon is that concept that we're, it's a long road. It's a long road that is, doesn't end. When we're doing sprints, we can put our hundred percent of energy into a sprint um, because there's a beginning and then there's an end. When we're talking about an unending foreseeable process of being engaged on a daily basis at that level, as you mentioned, adrenaline, um, that is um, that is why we need to change the way that we look at any career that has um, long-lasting pressures. I know that this has existed in, in many different um uh, professions. I actually found a list here they, of the most stressful jobs of 2007, uh, 2019. Uh, this again is by on uh, uh, the one of the uh, Gallup uh, explorations here with uh, different population, different groups. There's enlisted military. They found 72% can experience burnout. Firefighters in the 70s, yeah. airline yeah. pilots, 60 Police officers, 51%. And I, uh, because I work with police officers, I definitely see it as an issue, especially again, we're dealing with um, greater expectations for a smaller group of people, higher demands uh, with smaller um, resources. Um, uh, event coordinators, newspaper reporters, uh, even senior corporate taxi drivers can go through it. You know, so... It is something, and it has financial consequences 
uh, because the, what I see, and, and when people come to me, let's say they're taking time off work because of burnout, sometimes that burnout can last for years. Sometimes yeah. Yeah. the consequence of it can be depression, um, loss of sense of purpose. Um, these are these are things I think we need to start thinking about uh, so that we can prevent that, so that it's actually in the long run, I think when they've done some look at outcomes for productivity in the workplace, uh, companies and organizations that think about the well-being of their employees are less likely to have them taking time off work, um, you know, going into sick, taking sick leave, uh, performance drops, enthusiasm, even efficacy ends up dropping when people are going through burnout. No, I, it, your idea of the marathon is, is, is so smart because Mother Teresa did that, actually. Oh. She was in it for the long haul. Right. And she just said, this isn't sustainable. Yeah. You know, sitting with these people and the work that she was planning to do, this isn't sustainable without wellness. So she took some of the money that she was given mm. and she created a retreat for her nuns. <laughs> and she put them on rotation. Yeah. And they worked with, um, you know, the population for a, 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 a rotation of days. And then they went to this retreat and they got cared for. Yeah. And their meals were prepared for them. It was a lovely place. It was very restful. There were, uh, you know, tablecloths on the table. It was a lovely place. It was quiet. And that's where they restored their own energy. And then went back because she said, I'm in it for the long haul here. But this hugely demanding work is not sustainable if I do not care for myself, my own nuns. And so she created a retreat for them because she knew it was a marathon. And she knew without caring for themselves, it was not possible to sustain. And she was in it for the long haul. And she put her nurse or her nurses, her, um, nuns on rotation and she Mm. on their days off they went to this very lovely retreat and they got cared for Mm. so very smart lady you know uh and we need to be a little bit more like mother Teresa. yes there are needs and we you know need to have a purpose and we need to help out and pitch in but we also need to care for ourselves or it's not sustainable I just want to acknowledge that there's a dog barking in the background. Okay. Um, This uh, is my wonderful, you'll see her on Instagram, uh, Stella, a mini golden doodle. And uh, she's definitely a stress release and on occasion um, can elevate my heart rate. (laughs) But otherwise. But but that's the thing. What's your stress release, right? Where do you go for your retreat? Yes. You know, and yes. so Mother Teresa made this retreat for her nuns. That's great. Yeah. But we all need to create a retreat for ourselves yeah, and it, get to know yes. what are your green areas, what are your yellow areas before you get to the red. I think I think that's a brilliant um, way to for, for us to start to take responsibility. One, I think I, I'm looking at it from two different standpoints, and one of them is 
the cultural responsibility, the, the, the employer's responsibility to understand burnout. Because if we always say it's just, it's just about us, I think we are much more powerful when we are collectively unified in yeah. uh, towards a stance yeah. that puts well-being as a priority. And the one thing I would love organizations to understand is while it may seem that they are putting aside or slowing down the wheel of productivity by encouraging people to do self-care, they're actually creating instead a workforce of people that are mo- that are going to be there in a sustainable fashion that are not going to go on sick leave that are going yeah. to always give you the peak performance that they can possibly give you because their well-being is taken into consideration. So, um, you know, I think ch- let's change mindset around well-being instead of it being a superfluous, frivolous need. We actually see it as um, a- an integral part of keeping employees and workers um well and there's there's fine i i always think they they love the language of 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 maintaining productivity and economic benefits and those economic benefits and productivity are i think more guaranteed if you're actually looking after the individual in the workplace absolutely absolutely uh you know it's very interesting i work with industry a lot Mm-hmm. as an occupational health nurse and you know having these conversations and trying you know to make certain certain management uh style because some some managers are you know they're understanding this concept yes, and there are yeah. some that are absolutely not. and trying to get them to understand that you know the people are a resource they're not, they're not a liability. Yeah. They're a resource. And um, that resource needs to be a renewable resource. And, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, yes. right. And yeah. this is how you keep people happy. Happy people are productive people, healthy, happy people. And yes, they'll banter that around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that allows Then you have to make allowances for them to have balance in their life Mm -hmm. and wellness is not just you know a woo-woo crap that's a bunch of woo-woo crap (laughs) no it's not no it is not it is maintain health absolutely and mother Teresa knew that her nuns needed to maintain their personal mental and physical and emotional and a spiritual wellness absolutely and she factored that into her long-term plan And when companies do not factor, any company does not factor that into their long-term plan, they short-circuit themselves. They do. And, you know, I think uh, for anyone that is interested in peak performance and you look at peak performance at work, some of the better organizations are really the ones who um, encourage a model that, that looks at the individual employee on different levels, you know, yeah. building on their strengths rather than their weakness, um, uh, giving them uh, a, a real a sense of accomplishment as you draw on the employee's strengths, uh, sustaining them in supporting them in times 
um, when they might need some um, some time for self care. Uh, yeah. You know, balancing yeah. out the demands, and these are things I think that a company needs to be fully aware of. Uh, you know, and and to stop the thought that either that by re- you know, of course, there's going to be demands. I I, I and I spe- think especially now with COVID, none of this. Um, means that the demand disappears. I, I don't. It's. No. I don't even know how no, realistic it, it is for the select number of nurses that exist to be able to, um, in the long run, uh, be pushed uh, on a on a level and continue. There will be people dropping out and burning out. I have no doubt about uh, absolutely. it. Absolutely, you know? it's not sustainable. Yeah. So it's, it's not sustainable because the system was stressed already. It was so. Yeah. You know, we're not talking healthy, well-balanced people anyway. Yeah. You're talking a stressed-out workforce anyway. Yeah. yeah. And a system that is, you know, really quite broken. And yeah. then you've added COVID. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no. So perhaps, you know, we can look at that end of it, which is the cultural. And then there's the personal end because, you know, we can do our part in, in trying to educate um, organizations and company in 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 sustaining well-being of their employees. Um, uh, one thing that I look at and and they've uh, mirrored here in some of the readings is looking at the five elements of well-being. I've I've otherwise seen it as the wheel of life. You'll see that in in coaching terms, in coaching context, you'll see this idea. And when we're trying to evaluate our life, what you want to look at your life is not in a unidimensional perspective. For our well-being, we have certain needs. Um, career is one of them, certainly. Uh, but we yeah. we need uh, good physical health. That's a need. Not it's not it's a need. So we need to take care of our body, uh, both physically and and you know also emotionally. Um, we have uh, community uh, needs to feel part of the community to be able to spend time to the community. We have financial needs. Um, we have social needs. I think we have, in the wheel of life, we also look at things like self-development. Um, we, we need to grow. We need to be spending time uh, cultivating our own well-being. Uh, so these are needs. And what happens is when our the entirety of our life gets consumed by this unidimensional demand, whether it's work or, or just giving to others, those parts of our lives start to fall away and we spend less and less time taking care of those pieces. And I do believe that where the areas of our lives that we neglect are the areas that wither. You know, there's a, there's a, a way that they talk about when we look at the brain and we say, you know, and we do use the same concept with the muscles. If you don't use something or put your energy into it, it, it kind of shrivels and, if you don't use it in technology, if you don't use it, you lose it. So we need to be paying attention to areas of our lives that are important for our well-being, rather than seeing it as frivolous, seeing it as uh, selfish. We need to change that mindset. And instead of looking at it as frivolous, think of it as um, if your if your if your car was running out of gas. Would you just keep on driving? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Right? I'm yeah, sure that you would sure. think, okay, you know what? The, I'm, I'm running on empty. I better fill the gas tank. 
It is not right. any different with us. We are human beings like plants. Plants need sun, they need water, and humans have these needs. And there is no doubt we can soldier on. And I think the work ethic, which we, as a culture, I think we've totally valued people being busy. Remember, the busier yeah. you yeah. are, the the more the more uh, valuable you are. And I, right. we need right. to change yeah. a cultural mindset, but we also need to change our individual mindset. It really starts with us because as we change it that's when we can start to have an impact on the larger society and perhaps put some pressures on there. So I know because time passes quickly, one thing I'd like to do is to spend a few minutes talking about what are the things that we can do individually for ourselves as we're trying to uh, navigate, um, uh, prevent burnout and I like to say sustain peak performance, sustain our ability to be filling up that cup before we empty it so that we have something left to give. So one thing I do have is changing the mindset. I, I actually created um, on my uh, podcast, there is an app. It's, a, or it's not an app, sorry. Um, on my podcast, The Dr. Lake Show, I have... A meditation hypnosis audio that I created for caregivers. Um, one of the things I find that caregivers struggle with is guilt and and a sense internally that that their spending time for themselves could be selfish. Um, yeah. We yeah. have some beliefs I think that we need to start changing. Um, that particular meditation is intended to over time start to change beliefs uh, such as understanding that the more you fill up your cup uh, the more you're going to have to give so it's not a selfish act to take care of yourself it's actually a responsible act in doing so yeah. you are making sure that your well-being is valued as much as that of others and in doing so, that you will continue to be able to have that resource to give others. So that's important. I don't know what thoughts you have about that, Jenny. Absolutely. Um, and we do need to change um, our perceptions. And yeah. it is as simple as how foolish do you, are you to run your car out of gas? Yeah. We would consider ourselves foolish. Yeah. Definitely. It's passing, and you have a little gauge that tells you, and you're passing gas station after gas station. But that's exactly what we do to yeah. ourselves. And, you know, burnout is not, you're not weak. No. You've run out of gas. You've run out of gas. So yeah. how foolish are you, and how foolish was I yeah. to keep pushing till I ran out of gas to the extent that I did? Well, well Jenny, I, I, I would, I would not, you know? I would never say that that's foolish because I think the pressures that exist in our society and the accolades given to meeting these impossible demands are are supported, and I think it's so easy to get caught on that treadmill. Uh, yeah. What what I think can help us is just becoming aware. And, you know, even in having these conversations, maybe someone can start to think about where they're at because there are symptoms you can pay attention to internally. Um, feeling physically exhausted is one of them. 
uh, depleted, just not having the energy. Another one is starting to depersonalize, becoming, when you see yourself becoming cynical or sarcastic. There's a term now they call compassion fatigue. Um, yeah. You know, we get uh, put so much of ourselves emotionally out there that we have nothing left, that we're not, we might even over time start feeling that we're losing compassion. And I, th- I actually have a belief that when we start losing compassion for ourselves, it's harder to extend that out, outside of us. Um, the other one is lack of efficacy. You have a constant feeling that you're just never doing enough. You're never measuring up. And I think, and you know, the, paying attention to those symptoms is important. And using those as a sign that you might need to start doing something for yourself. And if you do have, um, let's say, the human giver syndrome, you know, I think sometimes it can be embedded in us from a from a young mm-hmm. age. When if you were born a caretaker, uh, your or your home environment, if you, I know people that maybe have had parents with addictions or have ended up playing parent roles when they're kids, they grow up into adults being caregivers with everybody, and they never learned that from a really young age that their own uh, time spent on self has value. And I think changing right. some of those is really important. Yeah, I, absolutely. And just, you know, I, I mean, we've talked about the lies that we tell ourselves and, mm-hmm. you know, on previous shows. Mm-hmm. And I think this plays into that because we do tell ourselves and we let the culture, we have accept those cultural lies and we need to just step back and say what is my truth what works for me and giving ourselves the permission because on a quite a quite a long time ago you were talking about letting go of things that don't work for you and it was a radio show that uh, you and I did and Mm -hmm. um, I was in the process of of just starting to realize how incredibly burnt out I was Mm -hmm. and that just really spoke to me. And I was like, Oh, my goodness. Hmm. Yes, giving myself permission to say this no longer works for me. It used to work really well. Yeah. But giving myself the permission to say this no longer works for me. Hmm. And I'm allowed to walk away from this. It doesn't make me weak. It doesn't make me a quitter. This is completely healthy, okay, and should be applauded. When this no longer works for me, I am allowed to walk away. And we should be able to feel that that's okay. And if that's one point I want to get across in this podcast, it is healthy, it is okay, and let us applaud the people who stand back, reevaluate, and say, this no longer works for me. I like, I like, I like going, I, going, going. I totally, a hundred percent agree with that. You know, I like the concept, which we've, uh, which has been out there, spoken about friendships. The uh, friendships come into our lives a season, a reason, uh, or a lifetime. For a season, a reason, or a lifetime. Uh-huh. And I, I think that actually applies for everything in our lives. And you know, there might yeah. have even been a season where putting out more energy was the right time to put out that energy. Sure. I, I know sure. if, if yeah. we look at, um, um, Eric Erickson looked at the stages of, of our lives and some of the 
uh, issues, what are the main objectives in certain periods of our lives? In our 30s might be a time of cultivating our career. We put in that extra energy to make it happen. We put our focus and time in that. But there's a season to that. And and as we also get older, our, our energy changes, our energy level. We have to, at a level, be paying attention to even the changing within us of those resources and start to notice. You know, I used to be able to do a hundred of these uh, at one time, and now I'm, I'm not doing as much. Maybe that's an indicator that, you, you know, right. you need some more time for self. I, I think yeah. um, what I always like to do when I work with people is uh, start to think about a vision of your life and how, you know, if you could create it with the kind of balance. If you looked at the wheel of life and you said, what have I been neglecting in my life? What have I put aside? How have I, and, you know, neglected to take care of this part of me, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, and what do I need to do to fill it? And more often than not, when I work with that, and people are trying to fill areas they've neglected, it comes with a lot of limiting beliefs, as you and I mentioned, the lies that we tell ourselves, that have stopped us from being able to take care of those. So you need to also figure out what's what are the beliefs I have that are stopping me, and and once you've challenged them, um, you use your vision of what you would like as that template. Um, you know, I I think you know you can have a life coach that helps you. Coaches are intended to help you uh, work through blocks to to getting what you want. Uh, you could go to see a therapist. Um, you could start some of your own work. Um, I know that I, I ran into um, uh, was a handout really that was uh, online. It was about online supports for COVID nineteen stress, and and one of the things they uh, that's indicated is Canadians are not using online supports uh, for accessing um, you know support resources as we're going through this. Uh, the sure. Canadian Mental Health Association uh, has a bounce back program. It's called bouncebackbc.ca. Uh, right now it's available in BC, Manitoba, and Ontario. There's Wellness Together Canada. Uh, that's a website for that is uh, ca.portal.gs backslash. That's a federally uh, funded program. There's wellcan.ca. It's a resource developed and funded by corporate, community, and public sectors. And Ontario uh, Ontarians also have a free access to um, uh, for-profit cognitive behavioral therapy program at McBeacon. Uh, it's mcbeacon.com uh, during COVID-19 pandemic. So there are, we, we need to know what resources are out there and access them. Um, but I think knowing, becoming aware, self-aware, and starting to take time. Uh, little things, you don't have to start big, right, Ginny? We don't have yeah, to do big no. things. Yeah, uh, no. You know, start taking a walk out in nature every day and, and preserve uh, even 15 minutes. For people that are not used to taking care of themselves, one of the things I'll say is start small. You know, yep, because, absolutely. you know, be, yep. develop a comfortable, comfort with um the five minutes in fact i think i saw a physician uh, uh, who'd published a book on five five minute exercises just to change your state in in short periods 
Start to build up some resources. It could be a walk. It could be a five-minute meditation. It could be uh, taking some time out to do something that you love, like play an instrument. Put self first. Feed yourself. Give yourself time to nurture the things that you know give you energy. So think about what your deposits are. What are the things in your past that have helped you feel good, that have given you energy? Start thinking about filling that pot. And if you're struggling with that, if you're struggling with coming up with ideas, it could be a sign of just how depleted you are. (laughs) And, you know, that is a good time to seek some outside support. Um, Because when we are tired and we've lost confidence and we're a little bit depressed, um, you know, our creative creative mindset diminishes we we actually can lose um confidence in our own decision making right and and knowing that we're making right choices and you know it is important to be able to reach out and get that support i don't know if you have any other thoughts about that about what people can do to make that difference well and just to um step back and be aware of what Mm -hmm. they're feeling and why they're feeling yeah and start to, um, because it took me a long time to, to figure out where my my yellow zone was. Yeah. So, you know, like, why am I so, what triggers my anger? What triggers my uh, irritability? Yeah. Um, what, what's the core of that? Just step back and start watching yeah. your feelings, your responses to things. Yeah. And start journaling and yeah. just get to know where your stresses are and why and how you react like that. And just get to know your own emotions because we've been going, 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 going for so long without paying attention. Yeah. Please start paying attention to your own responses and start journaling and get to know your responses and why you feel the way you do. Start start really um, enhancing your awareness. And, and yeah. if you're noticing some things are off, is a good time to unpack it. Because sometimes mm-hmm. we we know what we're experiencing, but we haven't actually taken the time to put the words to it and and understand what, what it is. Every time I bossy my boss, my heart rate goes up. Or when yeah. I think of saying no to, the, to, uh, to work, I feel incredible guilt. And, and, yeah. and why, you know, why, and just follow that through. How come I feel guilty? How come and what I feel are the guilty? images that come up with that? You know, and if you can't do that by yourself, if you can't unpack that by yourself, uh, there's lots of help out there. And, yeah. and maybe you do need to help you unpack that, but you need to know why yeah. that guilt feeling or why that irritating or why I get yeah. angry. It doesn't really seem to have too much basis. Why yeah. is that you need to unpack those emotions? Absolutely. And even understanding even your workplace environment, because sometimes there's, if it's an environment that um, neglects the um, value of individual self-care and 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 has an overall attitude of stigmatizing people that want self-care, you know, you might need to even look at that work environment and, and reconsider whether it's the best uh, environment or whether there's anything you can change about it. And there's a lot of factors. You know, I I do think um, right now with, with the podcasts that are out there um, with the, some of the free resources we have, and that's why I keep 
um, pointing out other resources. Um, you know, one book I suggest for people that want to understand a little bit about um, the connection between our body and our well-being is The Body Says No. It's a book by Gabor Mate. Um, right now, with the many multiple meditations, I, I really think things that can feed you is take some time away from your normal habits. It might be that you do to decompress, which is might be normally you sit down, have a glass of wine and watch TV. And I think that's wonderful if that helps you feel good for a little bit. But make sure that you're um, monitoring what even things you're doing that are escalating how you're feeling. I could be watching lots of drama and and uh, murder and killing after a day of working, uh, you know, if, if I was a police officer with a lot of crime, yeah. you know, we need to, you know, I always think we don't, we take our brain for granted. The brain is a, a, like a sponge. This sponge absorbs what we're surrounding ourselves with, whether there's a lot of negativity around us, we absorb it. Right now we know about mirror neurons, even just being around a lot of negativity in our brain, it mirrors what we're, what we're experiencing around us. So be mindful of what you're exposing yourself to. That includes um, at work, not only work, but even your personal life. If there's a lot of conflict that you're going through, if there's a lot of negativity you're surrounded by negativity, we we already have a brain that's predisposed towards being negative. So then it would be about being intentional about bringing into your brain things that are positive. I make a point of actually looking for inspirational stories, things that feel good inside, because um, they're the things that remind me that there's more than just what we see every day in the news. As we're, you know, they've been talking about COVID burnout. I'm sure you've heard of that term. Mm-hmm. You know, we're watching yeah. COVID stories every day. Uh, wonderful. We need to be informed, but let's also remember to fill the pot because we are the people. Um, ultimately, the better we are individually as a society, the better choices and decisions we can make for our society. I think those, um, we need to be well to contribute to the wellness of our society. So let's start with us and then we can start launching forward into looking at uh, having an influence on the system. Absolutely. Absolutely. So are we yeah, exhausted just- our thoughts? I, you know, I, I, one of the things I want to say is, um, no hour conversation can exhaust certain points, all the points that might be relevant to it. Um, right now, if you're interested in even uh, adding a, a, a con- contributing thought that uh, I may have overlooked, please feel free to contact uh, us at podcast at drlake.ca. That is one way. Um, also, you can go online and look at uh, the show.ca. So these are some resources and ways that you can access uh, our podcast also to send us information. We'd love to hear your feedback. And, and Jenny, I, I've, I always enjoy talking to you. You're full of life and passion. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it is, it's, we, we just have these incredibly interesting conversations yeah. and it is usually something, you know, that I am very passionate about. And of course this is, I mean, I'm, I'm not quite uh, finished with my burnout. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, I, if somebody would tell me that I would burn out this badly, it would take this long, you know, to get completely back on it my does. feet. I, I, it does. Shocking. 
but it, it is, you know, and so, um, and I just see, you know, my colleagues uh, in the hospitals and I'm like, oh my, I, you yeah. know, I just see the tsunami of burnout coming and there's just really, you know, no way to stop it. And um, so my heart goes out yeah, to absolutely. anybody who's out there and um, because this is, this is just going to be, it, it, it is and is going to continue to be, you know, a damaging toxic thing and and you know we just don't we just push and push and push because yeah. we have believed the lies that we are supposed to and we are yeah. supposed to carry on and, yeah. and it is not sustainable so yeah, yeah absolutely well uh, and, and right permission absolutely and right now as you're tending to your own burnout i know that that contributed to one of your reti- your retirement um decision is recognizing it and so how are you doing right now as you're navigating burnout well you know better but Mm. it you know it is there's still physical um you know limitations so i'm not physically 100 back yeah Um, emotionally not not as well not 100 percent, but certainly way better than a year ago absolutely and just you know it's been so long since I have done self-care that mm-hmm. I do it for a little bit and then I cut, it's not a habit. It's not, uh, you know, yeah. yeah. and you kind of fall off the wagon yeah. and then, and you regress. There's just no doubt about it. And you say, Oh, I'm not doing it right. Cause I haven't been making those emotional deposits. Yeah. yeah. So, right. I, you know, and yeah. it's, it's, it's a learned behavior. It is a learned behavior. And like the, yeah. Yeah. And, I, I absolutely and like agree same, with that. Yeah. It is. Well, and well. The same, yeah. Sorry. I, there's this little thing that I'm learning to love the sound of my feet walking away from something that is not meant for me. <laughs> and ah, that really struck me. Good for you. And I was like, yeah, I yeah. need to walk away from this because as Dr. Lake says, it no longer works for yeah. me. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. So it is a completely relearning, reinventing, and um, it's interesting. It's yeah. a little bit of an odyssey yeah. in the middle of COVID, but you know what? It's a good, good thing. And uh, and I'm progressing. You know, It's, it's a slow, good learning, yeah. But it's a good learning thing, you bet. And these are learned behaviors, and I need to they unlearn are. some they things, are. and I need to relearn better things. And even to have a little bit of compassion for that, for that what you had learned, because I know for myself, um, I I I'm a yes person I, in the sense that I I love doing things. It's, um, but I always have to remember myself in the in in that planning. Oops, I have something going off here. Excuse the alarm. Wrong alarm, not for here. <laughs> but but um, so, Ginny, it's been awesome talking to you again today, mm-hmm. as usual. And I'm sure we'll have another conversation, interesting conversation to join in. Um, Absolutely. Thanks so much for, for having me on today. It's something that I, I really in, enjoy this topic and enjoy um, our conversations and appreciate absolutely. being on today. So we will chat again, Ginny. I know that for a fact. And I hope you keep well, and I hope yet your journey of recovering from from your own burnout uh, progresses along. I know it's a it's a hit and miss, and you're keep working at it. So I appreciate that you're actually taking that time. So I wish you all the best, Jenny. Thanks very much. Yeah. All right. Thank you, and thank you to listeners tuning in. I always enjoy being here, and I hope 
that you are going to use this as an opportunity to see where you're at and how you are doing in your well-being and start paying attention to yourself and see what you might need to get yourself back on your feet. Wishing you all the best. Until next time, take good care.